Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of DFT's Dungeon. My name is Daniel Terry, and this week I have an awesome conversation for you guys to listen to with Dean Atkinson, the former vocalist of the band With Blood Comes Cleansing. Dean sang on the band's second album, Horror, and I actually learned a few things about With Blood Comes Cleansing in this chat that I didn't know. Like, I didn't know that Dean was the original vocalist for the band and that he had actually sung on the... Dern EP originally, but whenever he left the band, they actually replaced his vocals with the new vocalist at the time, which is interesting to me. One of these days, I've got to somehow, if there's some way, to track down a version of the Dern EP with Dean on vocals. That being said, we talk about Dean's inspiration for getting into music, what inspired him to become a vocalist, and we also talk about Dean's current views on spirituality, as well as him getting into acting recently. So I hope you guys really enjoyed this episode episode. But before we get into the conversation, there's a couple of things I just want to throw out there. If you guys like the podcast, please make sure that you're subscribed to it. You can subscribe to the podcast on just about every podcasting platform that's available now. If it's not on one of them, please let me know and I will make sure that it gets on said platform. If you guys really love the podcast and you listen every week, make sure to give it a review either on Apple Podcasts or Give it a star review on Spotify. Those kind of things really help me out as far as discoverability goes. And just tell your friends about the podcast. If you guys want to follow the show on social media, I'll have links in the show notes that will take you to all the different social media platforms that I'm on. And, of course, there will also be a link to the podcast Discord server, which is a really cool place for fans of the show and myself to hang out. So if you guys have any questions, jump on Discord and ask them. Or you can always send me an email at dftdungeon at gmail.com. And with all of that out of the way, let's get into my conversation with Dean Atkinson. So I guess the easiest place to start is always at the beginning. I like to go as far back as I can. My first real question would be, what got you into music? Yeah, it's funny. You, you said that I was talking to somebody earlier today, and I can remember when I was in with Blood Comes Lens, and we were all talking one time about first concert. There were so many people were sharing, you know, some pretty cool ones and then it got to me and i was like i'm gonna be honest with you i'm showing my age here too but uh my first concert was new kids on the block <laughs> nice okay <laughs> yeah i just i thought it was hilarious that you know i was in like fifth grade or whatever but yeah so it just made me think about that but as far as whenever i got like really passionate about music i guess that would probably have started when i was about 13 is when i really started getting into it and i loved classic rock and stuff of course and then i got really into like metallica and, and pantera bands like that danzig all still bands that i listen to then come along let's say i graduated high school in 98 so the 90s were a you know the grunge scene as they call it yeah was really big for me i got really big into i was a really big nirvana and pearl jam fan and Soundgarden, bands like that, kind of mixed in with the metal and stuff. And I discovered a band, which I actually, they're still one of my absolute favorite bands to this day, a band called Failure. And, uh, oh, yeah, dude, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm 
borderline obsessed with that band. Like they, I actually just recently finally got to see them uh, last year, Birmingham, and it was man, it was unbelievable. Me and Blake, Blake from Plea for Purging, he's a huge failure fan now too, and uh, he and I. The last time we talked, that's almost always talked about. But um, so the, those bands were were big for me, and then around. I would say close to the late 90s. One of my biggest musical influences is my first cousin. His name's Stuart. We're more like brothers. And he introduced me to a lot of different punk music. Uh, introduced me to the Misfits. Introduced me then like some of the ska stuff like Operation Ivy, you know, bands like that. And so I kind of started listening to a little bit of that. And that ultimately led, he got really big into the youth crew, straight edge stuff. Uh, started, you know, heard my first hardcore. And at the time, then I was very involved in like my youth group at church and stuff. And, and he knew that, you know, faith was like a big thing to me. So he introduced me to No Innocent Victim. Oh, nice and, start. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Overcome, those were two of the like first, like something I was like, man, this is, this is really something special here and um going along and i'll never forget it was 99 i was short out of high school and i went to go to a show that uh my cousin was uh, his band was called when tomorrow doesn't come which i ultimately wound up being the singer in but their vocalist at the time matt's like i guess i want you to hear and he's like it's this band called zayo and i was like okay and it was to think of you uh that is the first zayo song i heard Man, it's like one of those moments I'll never forget. I was like, "What is this?" And yeah, it was just amazing hearing those vo- hearing Dan's vocals, and that was my introduction to Zayo. I know that they had the Sean Jonas era and stuff like that, and I know it was special for a lot of people. But the Zayo for me started there, and to me, that's when I think of Zayo. That's was with Dan, and then later, you know, they got even better when Scott joined. And to me, Zayo is one of those bands that. My favorite album that they put out was uh, The Crimson Corridor. I, I messaged Scott and I was like, dude, this is my favorite album y'all have done. But yeah, that, that just kind of progressed from there as far as with music. I know that's kind of a long-ass answer. But, no, it's fine. I, I get it, man. When you're talking about Zayo, though, that, yeah. that takes up at least 70%. Oh, yeah, uh, no doubt. Like I said, that's one thing I like about your podcast when I listen to the interview with Dan. I met those guys. Quick story. Uh, we were touring, and we were in Pittsburgh. We had an off day, and the guys were like, well, what are we going to do? And we, we happened, I said, well, I know what I'm going to do. <laughs> I said, <laughs> they said, well, I said, I'm going to find out where Dan tattoos at, and I'm going to go meet him. Oh, like, cool. Yeah, they were like, okay. So I got online with the search, and you know, and I found out, and uh, and I know he's probably like, who in the hell is this guy coming in here? And I went in, and man, he was just so chill. He was tattooing somebody, and was like, come on in, you know. And yeah, we talked, and I was texting my wife. She and I were newlyweds at the time, and and uh, she was like, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm freaking out right now. <laughs> and she's, <laughs> 
that was, I was like, I'm talking to Dan right now. And she was like, oh, God, I know you're in heaven. And so then he was like, well, you should go meet Scott. And so I was like, absolutely. Where, where is he? Yeah. <laughs> so I went down to Scott's store where he worked at uh, collectibles place that he ran. And um, this was this was before Awake came out. This was after the fear was and kind of that in-between period when they weren't really doing anything. Right, yeah. And I went and met him, and man, it was just like talking to an old friend. It was just incredible. I was so just blown away at how nice they were. And like, we just talked and hung out, and I've stayed in contact with him here, you know, every now and then with some blue moon, I'll shoot him a text. Or Yeah. What's funny is uh, one of the most embarrassing things for me to think back on now, and I mentioned it to Scott, and he has no recollection of it, thank God. It wasn't the first time I met him. First time I met Scott was when uh, Corey, I believe his last name, Darst, had taken over Dan's spot when yeah. Dan had left the band. And uh, they played in Tallahassee. And I was just super, you know, at the time thought I was just super Christian, I guess. And I um, was really concerned about Zayo's spiritual condition, you know. Yeah. These people I didn't ever know. I was that kind of, and thought I had well intentions. And I just remember talking to Scott and Jesse and just asking them, you know, where are you at spiritually, guys, and stuff like that, because they were smoking cigarettes. <laughs> oh, well, no, I mean, yeah. It, 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 you know, and like Scott's like, I have no recollection of that. When I told him, I was like, man, I was like, I've got to tell you something. I was like, you're not going to remember it. And he goes, I don't. I was like, well, that is like one of the most embarrassing things that I was that kind of douche. <laughs> I said yeah. and would do something like that. But uh, it's something he and I can laugh about now and because uh, he, he doesn't have any recollection of it. But, yeah, that, that, that was one of my funny, you know, my Zayo story there. I could go all night talking about that. Yeah. But, I think it's funny because I think we've all, those of us that have been part of that like whole Christian hardcore thing, we were all at that point at, at one stage or another. Where oh, it's yeah. like yeah. And way over concerned with what other people are doing. You know, and I could get into a whole psychology course on how that's just insecurity manifesting itself, you know, and, and, oh, and all of that. But 100%. Uh, yeah. Well, I, rem I can remember years later, and I won't name the band because I'm not trying to, you know, talk bad about anybody or anything, but I was doing it with blood and was living in, in, in Chicago area. That's where my wife's from. And I was up there for like two years, and I went to a, went to a show. Uh, a bunch of my friends were playing. It was one of the Scream the Prayer tours. And Okay, yeah. I was a smoker. <laughs> it's kind of funny. I was and uh, I was outside having a cigarette, and I had it done to me by a guy. And I had toured with this guy, but he was like hadn't seen me in a few years. And he was like, "Man, he's like, when did you start smoking?" And I was just like, "This is the first time you've seen me in two years, and that's what you're going to say to me, you know?" And I was like, "Now I see what that feels like." Well, well, well. How the turntables. I was like, yep. so touche. <laughs> I was in a Christian hardcore band for a couple of years. What band were you in? We never really made it to the national level, but we were called End of Destiny. And uh, End of we, Destiny. Came out of, okay. we came out of St. Louis. And uh, okay. we put our CD out in 2006. And um, Okay, well, we had some stuff going around the same time then. Yeah, but it was funny because, like, that band, very Christian, very, you know, the lyrics were, you know, Exactly what I thought the people around me wanted to hear. Um, right, and, right, absolutely. You know, yeah. 
And so when I started doing these podcasts years later and people saw me drinking on camera, (laughs) saying swear words on the old show, they'd email me and say, well, what happened to you, man? You know, what are you you doing? And it's it's funny too, because I'm like, man, where were all these fans back when we needed them? to be, to be buying go. CDs yeah, exactly. and, and, yeah, and buying exactly. shirts and stuff, you know? So yeah, that, that part of it is always, has always fascinated me because like we've all done it. And I think in a lot of cases, eventually it is done to us, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. Something you mentioned a little bit earlier about, you said, you know, your friend was in a band and then you became the singer of the band. What was your catalyst or what was, what, what brought on your desire to want to be a singer? It keeps gonna keep going back to Zayo, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it was it was that. Uh hearing hearing that really set something in me. And I would go to all like I said, my cousin I was talking about, I would go to I was like their biggest fan. I would I mean, I would go to shows and at the time they were getting going, another band started going locally. Well, from Jacksonville, which is Evergreen Terrace, they yeah, they kinda got were started during that time and so there were shows being played with them and so matt their vocalist of when tomorrow doesn't come was kind of wanting to stop doing it and i taught myself to do vocals trying to sound like dan that that's i mean that's really all their that's the honest truth i wanted to i was like that is so cool and so i told him i said i can do a little bit guys and um eventually i'm the first recording but right away they're like well you be our vocalist. We've got these three songs. Where let's, we're going to record a demo. You do it. <laughs> and, yeah. And so I did it, and it sounds their part sounded fine. My oh, I can't even. I can't listen to that. I don't even know where it is. <laughs> I hope it's. I hope it's all destroyed. Is what I hope. But it. Oh man, it was. I sounded terrible. But that was when I joined. When tomorrow doesn't come. And our style. And it's still to me musically. I wouldn't say you know vocally or not because of it, but the music is probably so, it's probably my favorite that I've ever gotten to be a part of because it was just it was just metal. It was you know the influences were bands like Opeth, Cradle of Filth, and and stuff. And I love I love metal. And they had had a little bit more of the the hardcore influence, but once I came along, Stuart who wrote most of the music, he and Waylon, uh, our guitar player. Yeah, we had a guitar player named Waylon and his brother Hank who played drums. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> kind of funny. But that music we did was very much like, had very kind of a that black metal sound mixed with, with some, you know, more death metal type stuff, but all, you know, very much Christian oriented sure. lyrically and stuff. And I uh, that. That was, and then actually, we get to it a little bit, but when tomorrow's, I mean, uh, with Blood started after that band. That's kind of where with Blood came from. Okay. Yeah. Before you tell your story, I will tell you my first story of With Blood Comes Cleansing. A friend of mine <laughs> and I ran a Christian metal radio show. Uh, okay. on the on the actual radio which was uh, we which we thought we thought we were superstars doing that you know that's dude, uh, that's that's awesome yeah yeah and so we and it was midnight to 2 a.m so like you know at a time where, where they thought okay well for what these guys are going to want to play we need to push it you know <laughs> to the end of the day yeah uh and so yeah every saturday night we did a show called the fast lane and it was it was just heavy stuff and we invited at some point though we got burned out and 
one of my the guy that was doing it with me, a guy whose name is actually Buddy. He he started getting burned out on doing the show because it was so late and it was so much. We invited some dude was was interested in doing the show. He was up at the studio with us one night watching us record, you know, broadcast, not record. He was really really excited about it, and then he was like, "So what kind of bands do you guys like?" And we're like, "You know, we like Zayo," and I was like, "We like Project 86," and we mm-hmm. like. You know, we like, you know, heavy stuff like that. And he's like, no. He goes, that stuff's not heavy at all. He's like, throw all that stuff away. You need to listen to With Blood Comes Cleansing. Oh, wow. <laughs> and then, like, we were we were kind of, like, put off by that. You know what I mean? Because we were like, dude, this dude's not going to come too. in here and tell us that we <laughs> yeah. suck. You know, I, I've never even spoke to that guy again. But he did put the band's name in my mind. I think that was around the time that the uh, that the first one, the first record came out, Golgotha. And eventually yeah. I got around to checking it out. And I did sort of, I was like, after I listened to it, I was like, okay, I I kind of get it now. I get what he's saying, you know, as far as, yeah, this band is like, they're playing a much heavier, aggressive style than, you know, right. a lot of the, you know, like your Azalea Dyings or, or you know, mm-hmm. or Unearth or like that sort of stuff that was starting to get popular then. I got really, really into Golgotha, but it really wasn't until horror that I was like, okay, now I'm going to buy the t-shirt and I'm going to go, you know, and do all the, uh, awesome, do all man. the things. And it was just a, such a weird introduction that like some dude that like made me mad is who, re- who's who recommended me the band. <laughs> I swear. And I, I'm trying to think, I was like, do I know this guy? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah, you you like should have been paying them though. If you, if if you did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you know, I appreciate that. Golgotha was I was the original vocalist and with blood and then I left yeah. for a short time and then that's when they recorded Golgotha. Yeah, so that's that, that's not me on that out. There's one song that I wrote lyrics to on that stayed, but everything else was uh, Michael who is actually doing vocals with him again now. He was the one who took my spot, which Michael was a you know, good friend of the other guys. He's a great dude. Um yeah. after that came out, which I, I guess we can get into more of that stuff later. I mean I know it's kind of history stuff, but Yeah, no, um, I mean I didn't know that you were the original vocalist of the band so that's uh yeah that's good info yeah. <laughs> for me yeah 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 i was talking about well i guess i can go into it. i was talking about the band first band i was in and when we stopped uh playing several of us wanted to tour and some of them didn't and one of our best friends had just started playing bass for us and his name was josh uh pearson still one of my best friends to this day and then hank who you know he's a friend too i don't talk to him as much as i do josh but hank was an amazing drummer i mean just unreal and he wanted to play guitar so josh picked up bass for when tomorrow's it come and so he's like i'll learn guitar and he did it was it was crazy and so it was just us three and they started writing some stuff and they wanted to have i mean some of our first stuff really we were big Under Oath fans, old Under Oath fans. Oh, uh, yeah. and, and Dallas, who's a really good friend of mine still. We'd all gotten to where we loved the change in the times when it came wow. out. And so that definitely had some influence. Hank kind of added some stuff in there that with a little bit of singing in there with it, which it was really weird because my vocal style had such a kind of a black metal tinge to it and then you throw in some singing it was very weird combination but it worked and we were it was a weird time yeah (laughs) it was yeah we were called betrayed with a kiss was the name of the band
So we went along and um, picked up a guy named Doug, started playing bass, and then we found it. We recorded a demo where Hank, Hank did guitar, bass, and, and drums, and then Josh did one of the guitars and I did the vocals. And after that, we got a full band. I can still remember handing that little demo out at Cornerstone, Florida, 04, and <laughs> yeah. handing Scott one from Zayo and handing Tim Lambesis one, like, Later, they probably got a good laugh out of it, but uh, <laughs> if they even listened to it. And so we went on after that and uh, got the full band. We had a guy named Daryl played drums. And so then we decided we were going to start touring and started picking up stuff here and there. And um, 2005, uh, we, did, like, we did a full length with a good friend of mine in Birmingham. We recorded. Hank wound up having to go back to drums, had some members swapping, that kind of thing. And we needed a bass player for one of the tours. So I asked uh, very close friends. Um, I am still with the guys in Chase Big Tree. Okay. They, um, they're from the same hometown I am, and a little small town here in Georgia. And uh, they were friends with some guys. I cannot remember the name of what the band was, but one of the main guys in that band is, was Chris Cargyle, who's in Chase Big Tree now. Okay, yeah. And then there was a guy in there named uh, Jeremy Sims. Everybody called him Goldberg. Well, because he looked similar. They, they said, you look like Goldberg from the Mighty Ducks or whatever. <laughs> <And> <laughs> that's what they gave him the nickname. Met him. We all hit it off. And I would see him at shows and stuff. And anyway, we asked him to play bass with us on the tour. He wound up staying and he became our guitar player. And Jeremy later wrote most of the music for with blood he left bass and started playing guitars and, and it was and he was the one that came up he had had a friend who was going to use the name with blood comes cleanse we had to change our name because this other band had our the trade with a kiss and we're like oh and they had a copyright it and also i gotcha um yeah well, and i actually called andy from plea i knew andy before <laughs> they yeah. really got going band um he was in a band called With Blood Comes Beauty, and I was like, well, listen, I need to call Andy and make sure that he doesn't think we're trying to rip him off, you know? And yeah. he was like, dude, he's like, go ahead, man. He's like, yeah, and so we still joke <laughs> about that sometimes. So, yeah, that's how With Blood's name came along. And then we, uh, I met my wife, actually, during one of those Betrayed with a Kiss tours. She was a promoter in uh, Chicago. Met her on that first little tour. We had like an 86 conversion van. I have no idea how it made it. Um, <laughs> nice. And it was great. It was great times, you know. And uh, But after we started touring more and more under With Blood, at the time I didn't think I could really do it financially. So I stopped and then, man, I missed it. Went through some really hard stuff mentally and personally. And after Golgotha was out and they did some touring, they 
Michael decided to leave and some of the other guys did. And so I called them and was like, yeah, we'd like for you to come back if you want to. And then so I came back and we were still playing songs from Golgotha. The guys in a uh, day to remember actually suggested us to victory. And, okay. um, yeah, because yeah, we had met them, you know, playing shows and touring and stuff and being from Florida and us being so close to Florida. And uh, so anyway, we did the showcase with Victory and they signed us and then that's how, you know, horror came about. Okay. And I'm so sorry if I got long-winded, dude. No, that's good. I, I didn't <laughs> even have to ask that. So full disclosure, I had a root canal last week. So um, oh, yeah. I, I am stoked that you're talking as much as you are. Um, okay. <laughs> so I had reached out to you and then I think it was like three days after I reached out to you to set this up, I started having this horrible pain in one of my teeth and I couldn't sleep at night. And I was like oh, tossing dude. and turning. And I ended up going to a place that will do like emergency dental stuff. And the dude's like, yeah, you need a root canal, buddy. He's like, I'm sorry to be the one to tell you that, but <laughs> you're going to need it. Uh, yeah. And I was like, oh, cool. Then he's like, that'll be $1,300. And I was like, oh, that's not oh. so cool. I was hoping you just rip the tooth out and we just go from there. Yeah. No, there's still a lot of residual pain from that. So uh, I'm not like agonizing pain but like the least i have to talk is is the best um so i, I don't you. i'm not i'm not worried about long-winded answers at all <laughs> and um you're hitting on a lot of the stuff that i was going to ask anyway like the how do you, how you know how do you guys go to get being on victory especially like with the band being so for lack of a better word, like just so christian in a, in a time oh, yeah, where yeah. Christian music was more, do you think it was just because at that time, Christian metal core and stuff was like blowing up as much as it was? I think so. You know, looking back on it, something Tony who owned Victory, which I, I never knew how bad that, a lot of people did not like that guy. Yeah. Um, but he, he was always very straight up with us and with me anyway. I, but I don't even, he didn't even realize we were a Christian band at first. And then he was like, oh, that's fine with me, you know, but I don't think yeah. you really I think he heard a sound and I think that he saw, well, these Christian kids are spending a lot of money. And so I think that's and not that we made them. I'm not saying we made them a ton of money or anything. I just think that he saw us as a way that he, you know, he liked our sound and it's like, well, I can do something with this and maybe get some more of a market that I'm not getting. You know how we were growing up, especially with, you know, they would even be in the Christian bookstores and stuff. They would have, if you like this band, try listening to this band, you mm -hmm. know, that kind of thing. And so I'm sure we were one of those bands for some of those kids that they're like, no, read the lyrics. Well, it was interesting because when I first heard horror, I mean, I was, I was blown away I, and I was pretty familiar with the band at that point, but I'd never, I'd never heard your vocals before. And oh, so Thanks. for me, the way that album opens up, and me being such a massive Zayo fan, just the, from those opening screams, I was like, okay, I am engaged. I am paying attention. One of those records that it's definitely still one of the most engaging things and the thing that really gets me about it is the vocals being as extreme as they were at that time because it was probably 
five or six years until I started hearing bands all the time that had that sort of level of aggression and extremity. I was actually watching live videos uh, a couple days ago from that time period, and I was like, dude, it is spot on. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like, like to the rest, there was no, um, there was nothing fake about it, you know? And yeah, that was, um, yeah. that's what really drew me to the record and just the amount well, of variation, you. you know? The variation in the vocals, because at that time, if you think about it, a lot of the bands that were in that scene had one vocal style that they stuck to. And like, I love bands like Living Sacrifice, but you're going to get one type of vocal for the most part. Right. Zayo, you're going to get one type of vocal. And I love all that. But like, I remember listening to, to horror and being like, okay, so I'm getting like all the vocal styles that I like. <laughs> you know what I mean? All in one yeah. record. You know? Well, thank you, man. I appreciate that it definitely blew me away and that's when i started like following you on socials and stuff uh it was probably like three or four years ago whenever i i had just popped the record on again after it had been a long time and i was like man i wonder what this guy's <laughs> up to i wonder what you know i was always sort of curious about that because it seemed like it seemed like the history of the band was a little bit i don't want to say tumultuous and i'm not i'm not digging for dirt here it's just i know because i'd follow the band on myspace at the time and it was yeah, like every yeah. every week there was some kind of change right it was like like, oh, oh yeah. Yeah. this guy's stepping down to do this, or this guy's going to do this. And then, like, they're like, okay, Michael's out, Dean's in, Dean's out, Michael's in again. And oh, no, yeah, now, now sure. it's just whichever one of them we can get to show up. It's select dates. Right. You know what I mean? Like that yeah. sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. It definitely, you know, I mean, and you go on, you try to make broad statements because you don't want to, you know, people ask you stuff. You don't want to go into detail and say something that might, tick somebody off later or sure. you don't want to make any and the truth is when i with blood stopped it was right after cornerstone cornerstone 008 okay and at the time and really there have been arguments with several of us predominantly me and another band member would get in arguments quite a bit and but you know looking back on it now i can see how tough it was for those guys to be in a band with me sometimes like i could sit here and Say, well, this guy made me mad, or this guy made me mad. Well, we all got tired of each other because we love sure. each other. And no matter how far away we get from each other, I, I mean, they need one of those guys needed me right now. I'd be there for him, you know. But it, it, sure. it's just, but I have severe obsessive compulsive disorder, and I have severe depression and anxiety and all the things that go with it. And a lot of that played into what was going on with me. And it's no excuse to be an asshole by any means, but a lot of that fed, and I can look back now. I remember us getting approached to go play a tour in Mexico, and it was going to be us and for today and uh, another friend of ours. And I thought it was the coolest thing ever. You know, I was like, dude, this is awesome. We're going to get to go do ministry and do this in Mexico. And the, but the people preface it with now they've been having a civil war in this area and there's you know there is the danger of this and all and they're like mm -hmm. whoa you know because we're going into like some of the real shady areas well you know me at the time i was all gung-ho about it and the guys expressed concern like dude i don't know that we should be doing this well yeah i get all mad and butthurt about it you know oh and my attitude was, we got a chance to go minister to these kids and people are going to hell and, you know, it's just stuff like that. And I thought I meant well in my head and my heart. And now I look back at that and I'm like, dear God, we we definitely did the right thing not going. Right. Who knows what, you know, I mean, yeah. of course 
we didn't need to go into that. And 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 so you know, I, I look back and see how wrong I was in a lot of in a lot of ways in times that I meant well. But so I think it was just time. The day we you know we left, me and our merch guy got into it. He and I made up later, but it you know just it was time. And uh, so I and we happened to be in Chicago, so I stayed. And Dennis, our bass player, stayed. So he was leaving anyway, and his fiance was there with us. And so anyway, that was that. Well, I lived in Chicago for about two years. And when I moved back, they had done a few reunion things with Michael and we were all okay. We had talked and yeah, and we did a few reunion shows with both of us. So it was a lot of fun doing that. And then that just kind of died off just for what it is. And then just life getting busy and we stopped doing reunions and then, you know, fast forward to kind of what's happened over the last little bit. And those guys are going, you know, now yeah. yeah it's always hard i did, our band didn't even really tour that much but i mean even yeah. the, the small amount of traveling that we did was everybody leaves and we're all best friends and then you know stuff gets real you realize that you really didn't make enough money to justify driving out to where you drove out to you know what i mean and, and yeah. you know maybe you don't want to talk about that so it turns into like other stuff <laughs> you know that yeah, you're gonna yeah. that you're gonna focus in on stuff that wouldn't even annoy you on any other day that's is suddenly right. the most annoying thing <laughs> in the entire yeah, world absolutely. absolutely you know and then you all get home and you're like well i don't hate these guys you know what i mean like it's the yeah, weirdest exactly. thing how that Just, works yeah you know but that you know would you say i guess that that was important to you at the time though was the was the ministry aspect of the band was like kind of a top it, priority it was. It, it, at the time for me yeah, you know, I'd be lying if I said that we, you know, we didn't ever want to be tight as a band live. We took pride in that, or if we wanted to have a good show and yeah. and that kind of thing. Of course, you know, my views on the whole Christian band thing now are completely. Even before I got to where I'm at spiritually now, like I just had gotten to where I, it's like I'll never do another quote Christian band again because it just you know, I got a lot of different ideas about that now. But yeah, at the time I thought that that was what I was supposed to do to make a difference in people's lives, you know. And sure. I loved heavy sure. music and I wanted to my favorite part of doing it was meeting people and hanging out and just trying to be like somebody to love other people. That was what I tried to keep first and foremost. You know, Christianity was the most important thing to me in my life at that time. I tried to keep it, you know, it's a, at least I tried to make it be. Yeah. Um, I always ask that question because, you know, there's a certain amount of flack that I've gotten over the years for having changed views on things or just kind of come to yeah. my own place on it. Yeah. And the thing that always gets thrown around is, oh, well, you must have just never been sincere in the first place. And it's so uh, frustrating no. to hear that because it's like, dude, I made a lot of really stupid decisions over the years based on that. And you're, you're just oh, going to yeah. sit there and tell me that I'm, un, I'm not sincere or I wasn't sincere. If I wasn't sincere about it, I wouldn't have done half the stuff that I did. 
you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, man. I agree with you, dude. I mean, I was one of those people at one time that would have said, well, maybe that person was never really a Christian. You know, you get yeah. into theology and, and all that kind of stuff. And it's still weird to me when I talk to people now because, you know, I'm not a Christian. And it's even saying that now my, my stomach flutters because I'm a very spiritual person. And I still go to church on Sundays and help run sound, which I'm a sucky sound guy, but at least go ahead. You know, I got some good friends that go there and it's yeah. very loving. It's affirming of the LGBTQ community, which is a very big deal to me now. And I go just to see my friends. That's all the reason I go. And I've through a lot of therapy and uh, stuff that I, I'm going through, you know, I'm a recovering alcoholic and, and addict, and I get a lot of spirituality out of uh, AA and NA, and I get a lot of spiritual stuff out of yoga now, of all things, and, and I, I do meditation now and stuff like that, but I realize that Christianity, and this isn't a knock to anybody or anything, but it did a lot more harm to me than it did good. I was raised in it, but it's not healthy to be 11, 10, 11 years old and hear horns blow and think that it's the trumpet and that the raptures yeah. are going to happen when you hear a train horn blow. Living in fear constantly of others going to hell or you going to hell. And that went with me into adulthood. I, I've carried that in with blood. Like I've got this responsibility. And, you know, when I changed and realized I was like, you know, a lot of what I thought was like God working in my life was me just being terrified yeah. of something that I don't even believe anymore, you know, about being tortured and, and about going to hell. And I'm like, what kind of a God is that? <laughs> you know? And, and so, I mean, I could get so deep into all that stuff, but and I really started changing my views when I started getting to know people, some people who um, just thought differently. I, I've got a few friends who were gay yeah. and I had always had, you know, the view of loving people. I mean, I had other friends that, that I met that were gay, but, you know, I always had that thing in there. Well, I might not agree with the, their lifestyle, but yeah, you got to put your own first. disclaimer on it. Yeah. Exactly. And you're almost doing that more for other people. Exactly. Yeah. And, yep. Yeah. And, and, you know, and then the day I, I just started breaking things down and changing, I was like, how, you know, hearing people's stories, hearing how they had been through these conversion therapies and all these things and just seeing the, the hurt and the pain that people have gone through trying not to be this way. I was like, who are they hurting by being attracted to the same sex? You know, who are they hurting by, you know, just wanting to be with the person they love? I was like, I always thought sin would be something that would cause harm to you. That's why God made rules. I was like, they're not harming anybody because they... So anyway, that's when I really started going. Then I became very affirming and just kind of led to basically frustration with evangelicalism first and foremost. That's um, usually where it starts, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it, it is. And and I'm not going to get on, you know, politics or anything, but I, I just, when I started, there was a big shift for me. And um, when I started seeing things, you know, it became more about right-wing politics and stuff than it did about loving people. And yeah. Uh, I just started really questioning everything, and ultimately, it's led me to, to where I'm at now. But and, and that's come through. I told somebody one time, I was like, "If you don't ever want to doubt some things, like don't 
go don't go studying and looking into the history of where where the Bible came from and all those things. And when I really, you know, when I really got d- delved into that deeply, then I really learned some things, you know. And and I don't want to get off on a tangent. I apologize if I am, but oh, you're fine. Yeah, you know. And I think through all of this, somebody who's and I'm still in the process of it. But Dave Bazan's album, Curse Your Branches. Like I went back and listened to that album, That's and a great like album, man. Yeah. That album is, I was like, that's exactly how I felt, you know, at certain times. And it's, like I said, I I would be Dean several years ago, would be so worried about the Dean now. <laughs> and my wife can tell you that she said, I've, you know, I've never seen you more full of love and more full of just the, the, your love for people has never been like it, like it is, you know, and I have a. I have a lot more of a peace now when it comes to spiritual things than I did then because there was so much fear in my life. I would I operated out of fear more than I did anything else. And I refer to a lot of other artists. There's an artist now named Similar. And we went and saw Similar weeks ago, Grace. And um, I think Grace goes by they. And she was a preacher's daughter, you know, and, and all these things. And um, she talks about in one of her songs, she's, the lyrics say basically along the lines about basically I would give anything for just an, an inch of your peace. And that's how I was like, I, you know, I, I was told that there was this peace that passes all understanding. And I never 100% had that. Yeah. yeah, It would be close, but in the back of my head, there was still this fear, like, what if I'm getting this wrong and I'm going to be tortured for eternity? <laughs> You know, what if my friend who died that didn't believe like me, what if he's that's happening to him right now? You know, and I yeah. just, I don't know, it's just like the wool gradually started coming off my eyes. And I'm by no means an atheist, you know, but I'm, I just, I can't, you know, I, I believe there's a God of some sort, but that's, that's just where I'm at right now. And I'm trying to roll along with it and learn what I can. If, it, if I go back to Christianity one day, it'd be a very liberal form of it. That That's just kind of where I'm at. I think that one of the biggest things for me is whenever I had doubts, I always like that fear that you're talking about. It was always like, especially going from like just doing media like I do. I've done some form of media my whole life, you know, being yeah. always in the public eye. People can see what I'm doing <laughs> all the time, you know, Absolutely. and um, there is that that scary sort of feeling of like being known for doing a specific thing. And there's that worry where you're you find something new out, you find something that might bring you more peace, but you're afraid to tell anybody about it because you're afraid that it's like, oh, well, people only know me from this band I was in, or people only yeah. know me from this. And it's actually more terrifying how we will associate, associate our whole identity with something that maybe defined us one time. But yeah. I mean, nobody is the person. I, I ran into that problem with my old podcast where, you know, I, over over the five years we did it, I was not the same dude that I was five years ago when we did the first episode, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, um yeah. so like having to having to deal with that sort of thing but it is it's scary to go against the grain like that you know yeah um especially with a background you know that came from a from a spiritual place and yeah it can be absolutely horrifying to to have that <laughs> to have that fear Written in the pages, you have been one for years. Long again, 
And you know, man, like with me, like it's not like I'm like going around like I hate Christianity or anything. It's, it's not that at all. Like the only thing I can't stomach in my life is is hate towards other people, other people groups, things like that, and and that kind of stuff. Like the the hate I've seen towards the LGBTQ community, that the racism that I've seen, even though they might put it in different words, you see the racism. You just see a lot of a lot of social justice things that the name of God gets put on it. And, but some of the greatest people I know are, are Christians. I mean, did you tell me that Tommy Green and Sleeping John is one of the sweetest and greatest dudes I've ever met? Like, and he, he's awesome, you know, and he, he's got this great spirituality. But I'm not, and I don't, you know, I definitely think he has a relationship with God. I just, but I also think that little Ryan, who used to be in Sleeping Giant, who is now practicing Krishna and uh, consciousness, as he calls it, and meditation and stuff, he's no longer a Christian. But I believe he's also communicating with God. Yeah. Uh, I believe God's big enough to reach all that, you know. And, and if we're loving people and, and reaching out, I think God meets us where we're at. That's just where I'm at now. And I'm just trying to be, I, I thought I knew so, so damn much. I used to think I knew it, you know, like, hell, I've studied this, been there and done that, and I realized I didn't know anything. Were you surprised, not to just jump topics weird and random? No, man, I'll talk. Um, I'll go off on tangents now. Were you surprised, even though, even though you weren't a part of the band reunion whenever it's come around this time? Were you surprised at how many people were into it after so many years of silence? Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, yes and no. How that whole thing came about, I'll be very honest. I've had to deal with some frustration over it because there were a few years ago, my friend Josh, who had been in the band originally, he and Jeremy from the band were doing like a completely different band. They were bad band going. I was like, oh, cool. You know, the idea got thrown around to call it with blood comes cleansing. And I completely shared my thoughts on that. And I wasn't rude. I wasn't mean about it. Scott was also involved in it. Who's in with blood. But I said, I didn't think it was fair for those of us who have been in the band to just have this band that wasn't even playing any of our old stuff or anything, but, but just call it with blood comes cleansing. I and mean, I just didn't, it wasn't very well received by one particular person and hasn't talked to me since, which I haven't tried to talk to them. And that's okay. I mean, it's not like we're going around trashing each other or anything. But, sure. Yeah. So that didn't COVID hit. None of that happened anyway, but I got a message from Michael, the vocalist, which I really appreciated. I thought it was really cool of him. He said, Dean, we're going to do a, We've been asked to play Furnace Fest, and you know we've decided it's going to be a Golgotha reunion, and we're going to play songs from that time only. Just wanted to give you a heads up. And I was like, well, man, you know, I appreciate you, you know, letting me know that. So I wasn't blindsided sure. about it. I thought that was really, really cool of him, you know, to do that. And later uh, he messaged me and said they were going to put out, somebody wanted to re-release an EP we had done, called it the Dern EP. The Dern EP, uh, yeah. Yeah, and Dern is something that I would always say, and that's kind of where that, because we recorded that whole EP with me. Yeah. And then they re-recorded it with Michael, because he came in the band right after that, and he, I mean, he killed it. He did a great job. I mean, that's what I'm saying. It's having, yeah. But 
Michael messaged me and uh, was like, man, you wrote the majority of the songs on that EP lyrically. And he's like, they've offered us a little bit of money. And he goes, I bet I told him I wasn't interested in doing it unless you could be in on it too. And man, I just thought that was awesome. You know, like, that's really, really sweet. Yeah. Yeah. I really appreciated that. So, yeah, I mean, you know, hematidrosis got played at Furnace Fest. I found out about that. And, you know, just, you know, full transparency at first, I didn't, I was like, well, wait a minute, I thought this was a Golgotha reunion, you know? Right, sure. And, but Jeremy and Scott wrote the music to that. They have as much right to that as I do. So, right. I mean, I'm like, why would that even bother me? It's their song, too. And if I'd been asked to do it to play Furnace Fest, I ultimately wouldn't have because I wouldn't feel right singing those lyrics sure. um, anymore when. That whole album is so, I mean, there's scripture references for every song except for like one, you know, and, and there's so much like of revelation and stuff like that in there, which, you know, if you want to subconsciously say all that fear that was inside of me that I'd been obsessed with since I was a child, you know, maybe so. So I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have felt right singing those songs, you know, sure. and, and so, yeah. I mean, so, no, I feel know. that I get, I get exactly what you're saying. Cause like, I'll listen to it and like, it's all the fear and darkness and everything that's in it. It feels good in a metal sense. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, you know, right. like, Oh yeah, this is brutal Absolutely. You know, yeah. with the sword of his mouth. And you know, all that stuff is like, cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool to listen to, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. But yeah, I totally I totally get where you're coming from on that. I thought it was interesting too, just the amount of people that had reached out to you and tagged you and stuff, you know, in it, which uh that's that's gotta be a little bit rough as far as like just kind of feeling you know, you weren't blindsided. That I think that's the most important thing is that you sort of Absolutely. had a heads up that that was coming, you know. Yeah, you know, and I think there were a few other guys that were kind of blindsided by it and that were had been part of man. I don't know the full story on that, but you know, I mean, those guys having fun doing it, right, you know, go for it. If that's you know, I wish them the best and have no, you know, no ill will towards them. Like I said, I would it would be a lie if at first I would say I hadn't had to deal with a little bit of a little bit of and, and really what it boils down to is, is I was talking you know I've had to talk to my sponsor about it my AA sponsor and because we talk about everything it boils down to ego and I'm like well what is the reason that part is bothering me and I was like it's ego like all that is is my ego wanting to like well I was a part of this why you know I wanted to play furnace fest whatever what have you looking back you know whatever the reasons were that's just where we're at and so that's not who i am anymore those guys have got their life and i wish them the best you know for sure well let's pivot over to what are you doing now what is the thing that dean atkinson needs to be known for now oh lord man i have always been it's like so randomly but i I'm currently acting I'm with, I'm actually part of a talent agency out of Atlanta. Done several commercials and had a few small roles in some movies and trying to pursue and be an actor full time. 
along with being a paranormal investigator. Okay. Those are those are my two passions now. So do you actually like go out to places and sort of like, I don't, I actually don't even know what goes into paranormal investigation. That's interesting. Yeah, man. Well, you know, like, and the guys, you know, kept, can tell funny stories. We had a guy named Jacob that uh, toured with us for a while doing merch. And he and I would always like, when we recorded our album in Massachusetts when we recorded horror. It was this old insane asylum I found. Mm-hmm. And he and I, you know, snuck up in there. And I've always been fascinated by that kind of stuff. I put a hold on it years ago because I thought that I might be doing something dangerous spiritually <laughs> and uh, yeah yeah but what i do now is I, I started getting equipment on my own and got quite a bit of equipment now and i started working with a company that actually takes people into places uh on investigations i've actually started some stuff here right in my small town i uh, had an investigation last saturday got one tomorrow night and we just go in and yeah, i've seen some pretty crazy stuff be honest with you yeah and uh, i love it i love the adrenaline of it the getting scared but there's also so many different elements to it that that i've always like i it's it's really is my passion and i and i love all the weird stuff man i'm into cryptids you know bigfoot and i'm into ufos and i love all that stuff yeah that's cool. No, that's fun. I don't say that's fun like dismissively. It's just Oh, um, no, 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 I know. We've all got our thing. Like for me it's like just the shittiest kaiju movies, monster movies and stuff. <laughs> that's it's awesome. Like, yeah. yeah. I spend I spend so much time just looking for like the worst the worse it looks, the more appealing it is to me. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> Yeah, um, oh, I know what you mean. Yeah. I don't care if people cuz people at work they're always like why why are you so obsessed with these movies of guys in rubber suits wrestling other guys in rubber suits in a cardboard city i said i don't know it has a visual aesthetic to it that you cannot find anywhere else you know it is just yeah you know it's weird and cool that's one of the things that i like about sort of modern day as time goes on people talk a lot about negativity talk about pain a lot too much you know like we talk about we talked about christianity spirituality and coming to different terms with things and you know a lot of the times those conversations just turn into an over focus on pain you know and an over focus on on frustration but i think it's really cool to explore like the good things the things that make us weird the things that make us unique yeah you know and that we can uh, we can sort of put aside that pain and kind of pursue the things that actually make us who we really are and it's more accepted now than i think it ever has been because i can complain about society but that is one of one of the more positive aspects i think of it is that people are just generally a little bit more accepting of strangeness you know absolutely yeah yeah for sure this was a really good chat and whenever we first started i didn't know where it was going to go but i know it's going to go some good places well thanks man and like i said i i hope i didn't get off on too many tangents it was really good talking i haven't got to talk about where i'm at in my life and things with a lot of people and so it was just really felt good to be able to talk to another person like yourself and and do that so thanks for having me man i've really enjoyed it absolutely we might have to i might have to bring you back on one time we'll just talk about zeta or just talk about that that was incredible to me i will talk about zeo anytime
Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of DFT's Dungeon. Like I said in my intro, my name is Daniel Terry, and I really enjoy putting these podcasts out for you guys every week. I kind of got into a weird spot a few months ago where I got started getting nervous and having a lot of anxiety about interviewing people. I'm not sure what happened. I've been interviewing people for years on the podcast. And so these last two chats that I've posted have really helped a lot as far as getting back into the swing of interviewing people and reaching out and having real conversations with people. So I hope you guys enjoyed that. And there will be more of that to come in the future. Thank you guys so much for supporting what I do. I'll see you next week.